God is good, God has blessed us, and you never can outgive God. Do you know that? You never can. Hey, this morning, um, well, really, Thursday afternoon, I started feeling really bad and I found myself going to the emergency room. I'm in the process of giving birth to a kidney stone, so uh, you may get to witness it live, okay? Uh, so I was just, I was dying and... Uh, uh, I talked to Josh, and Josh agreed to preach uh, for me, and I'm still kind of going back and forth. I haven't had my full deliverance yet, so uh, if I run out of church, uh, maybe it's not revival at all this morning, So, uh, uh, but Josh agreed to preach. I got a text from Marissa about 3.30 a.m. that said, Josh is sick. He is so sick. And um, he's just not going to be able to do it. So who in the world do I know that is up at 3.30 in the morning? That's Whit Sasser. I called him. Didn't get his phone. I called Linda. Linda, get him up. Get him on the phone. And if Whit hadn't been able to preach, you would have gotten to hear, hear a message from Reverend George Beck. Okay? So that was, that was next on my list there. So... Uh, so, listen, uh, Whit, Whit and Linda are a blessing to our church, and uh, man, what a, uh, uh, a blessing they, they are in many, many ways, and uh, Whit has many years of ministry, gospel ministry. He loves to preach. He loves people. Most of you, most of you know him, and uh, so Whit, I want to say thank you for accepting this invitation, and uh, would you make welcome Whit Sasser this morning to our pulpit. We got to set this to my height. <laughs> no pun intended, Pastor. I love you and I appreciate you. Whether it's at 3.30 in the morning or, or you should have called me Thursday, I would have taken you to the hospital. And uh, you didn't have to drive yourself and throw up all over your car. I mean, you could have threw up all over my truck, but... Praise God, isn't it good to be in God's house? You know, I'm grateful and I'm thankful for all that God is and all that God has always been in my life. He, he's an incredible, awesome God. And, uh, you, know, you know, when you get a call at 3 in the morning, when I get it at that time of the morning and it's... See, I always put my phone normally on silent. I don't always do it, but, but if I don't do it and my phone goes off, my wife is upset. I mean, if, and I'll get text messages all, all during the night from my boys, different people, and, and they ought to know by now at 8.30, you might as well forget trying to get me. I mean, because I'm going to bed. I'm a rooster. I go to bed when the sun goes down, and I'm up before the sun comes up. And, uh, so, but last night, just so happens, she left her phone off silent. So at, at 3.30 this morning, her phone, ding a ling a ling a ling ling it goes off, and I start saying, Will you please shut that thing off? But I didn't say that. You know, I've learned that you don't say certain things. But, but anyway, she's, I heard her say, uh, Pastor Brian. And uh, so she handed me the phone, and, and I really felt like it was a call from Nick Saban. I mean, uh, Nick Saban himself. Because, you know, a few weeks ago, oh, by the way, I meant to bring this up here. Because I, I need some water. Nobody got me water, so I brought my own. I'm going to point it right toward him and just let him look at it through this whole, whole thing. 
Praise God. He wouldn't let me bring this in here if, if he had known I was going to do that, but I did. And I, it's anointed water. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I felt like I had a call from, from Nick Saban. I, I saw him when they were playing Auburn the other week go to the back bench, and he said when they lost their best wide receiver, and y- y'all know what happened. And, and he goes to the back bench, and he said, who's going to step it up? Who's going to step it up? So I thought this morning, see, I'd already talked to Pastor Josh yesterday evening, and, and he, was, he t- sent me a picture of his Bible out, and he's studying, and he's getting ready, and he said, look what I've got to do. And he began to explain what was going on with Pastor Brian to me, and I said, well, that's great. I'm excited to hear you preach in the morning. But, you know, if I'd have known that George Beck was going to preach, I would have not even let Linda answer the phone. Because <laughs> I'd have loved to hear you, heard you preach, George. But, but anyway, I felt like he was just saying, somebody's got to step it up. So you're not getting your starting quarterback today. You're not getting your backup quarterback, but you're getting the backup to the backup. So I don't know how it'll go, and uh, we'll just see how, how things go this morning. Turn in your Bibles if you have them or your devices and go to 1 Corinthians in chapter 1. And I'm going to share a verse from verse 9. And... Uh, this is, this is a powerful verse, especially the first three words that come out of it. And, uh, it's verse 9. It's Paul speaking, and he says, God is faithful. Well, I'm going to wait. I heard one yes, but I ain't heard an amen yet. God is faithful. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Folks, God is faithful. God is faithful, and that's by whom you have been called. Now, I know we're going into a Christmas season, and I wished I had a Christmas message for you this morning, but really, that is a Christmas message. God is faithful. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So my message this morning is that God is faithful, but He's faithful with a flare. Come on. I didn't tell you this, but Friday, I took the day off. I told Pastor Brian we were just about finished with that men's bathroom. There's just a couple more things to do in there. But, but I told him that on Thursday, but I said... I didn't really tell him I wasn't going to be here Friday, but I, I took Friday off because I left to hunt. And so I went over to Brother Hank's place on the other side of Greensboro, and I spent the day in the woods hunting. And I wish I could stand up here and tell you I killed the biggest buck ever been killed in the state of Florida, but I didn't. In fact, I saw one big mama doe and a really pretty yearling that walked in eight yards from me, and I was using a bow, but... Right now, you can only kill a buck in Florida, so she was really lucky. <laughs> so I just watched them, and they were beautiful, and I watched them turn eight yards away from me, turn and go back down into the woods, and I only saw one other deer all day long, and what part of it I saw was the white tail, so you know what that means. <laughs> it means he's gone. He's headed the other direction. And as I left Mr. Hank's house, the last thing he said to me on the way home was he said, have a safe trip home. And, folk, I had a safe trip home, but my truck didn't. 
I don't know if any of you live over near Thomasville Road, but, but Friday night about 7.30, you didn't want to go up Thomasville Road. <laughs> Anybody live over that way? Anybody get the word, hey, don't go up Thomasville Road Friday night about 7.30? Anyway, I always text Linda on my way home, and I text her, and I said, I'm on my way, and then I'll text her. You know, we're still in love, I'm just telling you. I'll text her and say, oh, I'm at Thomasville Road. Oh, I'm up at Bannerman. Oh, I'm on Tequesta. Oh, I'm turning on Briar Creek. Oh, I'm in the driveway, honey. And so I'll do that. I'll still do that. I did that when we were dating, and I'll still do that sometime. So I had already texted her, and I said, I'm on Thomasville Road. She says, yay. And so I'm in the inside lane coming up Thomasville Road. I pass Walmart, headed up the hill. The next thing I see is these bright lights in my rearview mirrors, and then my truck is lifted and set back down, and I stop it, and I pull over to the side, and my tools are from the back seat into the front seat, nails and screws and all that kind of stuff. My phone I can't find. I reach in the floorboard. I find my phone. I get my phone. I step out of my truck. I put my flashers on. I called Linda and I said, I've been in a bad wreck because as soon as I felt my truck doing all of that, this car went up on its side like this in front of me and went about 100 yards up Thomasville Road. I felt like I was at Talladega watching a NASCAR wreck, and I was in it. And he stayed on his side all the way up the road. Well, after I, t I called her, I went running up there to see if whoever was in that car was all right as I ran up there across the highway. Y'all know how traffic is on Thomasville Road. You know how people fly, weave in and out of traffic and all of that. Well, this so, just so happened to be someone who was a little bit DUI. And he had come around the guy that was in the center lane behind me and tried to come back in between me and him. And when he did, he caught the back rear side of my little Nissan Frontier and tore that whole side off. And now, why my truck did not spin around, why my truck did not turn over, I can only tell you I saw bright lights, whether they were his headlights or whether angels had a hold of the back of my truck and just lifted it up and set it back down. I don't know, but I give him praise this morning. He's worthy of my praise. I get home and Linda said, are you all right? I said, yes, I'm, I'm good if I can quit shaking. Because I was shaking. I can't help but shake. But when I ran up to that car, you know, I got stopped by two or three people on the way up there. One guy got out of his Jeep and he, and he said, he said, were you in that truck? I said, yes. He said, are you all right? I, he said, I am. He said, oh, you're probably going to get a big settlement because he is messed up. But that ain't the words he used. But I ran on up to the car and there was two other men up there. The guy who was in the car back here he had stopped, and he was up there with him, and, and they were checking on the person that was in the car. And he was. He was messed up. Not physically, but spiritually he was messed up. He finally crawled out of the top of the car. They was trying to get him to stay in it, but he crawls out the top, and they get him to the sidewalk over to the side. Well, I walked up to him, and I said, Sir, you all right? I said, Because I'm the guy you hit. He turned and looked at me and said, I ain't hit nobody. That was his words to me. I thought, well, I can't talk to him right now. 
I mean, I started to say, go tell that to my truck down yonder, buddy, about 100 yards. <laughs> tell that to your car while it's sliding, you know, all the way up the road. But I'm just thankful that he was not killed. I was not killed. And I pray that somewhere, somewhere along the line, he'll find Jesus, be set free from alcohol, and get his life straightened out with God. And, you know, I think maybe I should have just went up and laid hands on him. But I don't know if I should have done that or not. Probably not. Not him the way he was. But anyway. Because if he didn't know he had hit something, he wouldn't have known what I said to him either. <laughs> but I want to share with you this morning that God is faithful with a flare. Come on. How many believe that? That word flare can be spelled several different ways. If we spell it F-L-A-R-E, it means to erupt or suddenly. How many know sometimes God does some suddenly? Sometimes God just does something on the brink, and you don't, you don't even know it's about to happen, but suddenly God shows up on the scene. And then there's the word flare, F-L-A-I-R. And there's a difference between the two. That flare means a distinct quality. It means a style. It means the ability to do something well. Can I tell you this morning, God can do things exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we could ever ask or think. Because, see, I, I believe, I just truly believe that my little truck's going to look better than it did before. But if it doesn't, that's okay. That'll be all right. I'll get George to put granite on the back of it. Well, I have a granite bed all over the back of my truck. I don't know. But I know one thing. God is faithful. God's in control. See, we've all heard and we've all said at one time or another in our lives these kind of words. We say, well, God's never early. And sometimes we just say, I pray, I hope, I'm concerned, but I know he won't be late. Come on, how many of you know that? God will not be late. He's an on-time God. There used to be two ladies in our church. One was Mary Ann Washington, and she'd sing that song, that he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Come on, he, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. Come on, you're not with me this morning. Come on, if we're really excited about this Christmas season, if we really believe Jesus came, was born in a manger uh, uh, from a virgin birth, and we really believe that he did the things that he did, we'd be a little more excited this morning. You know, I could have woke up in heaven Friday night. And don't think I wouldn't have been excited then. <laughs> Linda may not have been very happy. And I'm tempted to pull the oil out bring you up in here and just believe for the deliverance right now in front of everybody. What if we saw that? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? God's never early, <laughs> but he's always on time. He's without a doubt a right on time God. Come on, folks. We ought to get excited about that. It's a part of the covenant that God has made with us. It's a part of that covenant. He's bound himself by covenant to you and I. He's covenanted to be an on-time God. Say it with me. God is faithful. Come on, say it. God is faithful. If you're watching online, say it this morning. God is faithful. He's faithful with a flare. Have you ever thought as you read the word, how many special effects the, the Lord used? Come on, how many of you are Star Wars freaks? Come on, I know there's some in here. Come on, some of you have seen every episode 
of Star Wars. You've watched it from the very beginning. You know all the characters. I can't name any of them. I had never even seen the movie till Linda and I got married. She said, you've never watched Star Wars? No. You've never watched The Grinch That Stole Christmas? By the way, I just got an inkling. You're a mean one, Pastor Brent. <laughs> Not sure, but it just kind of favored him to me. I don't know. When he did this number. <laughs> you know, <laughs> God's faithful with a flair. You know, George Lucas, he, he, he did the movie Star Wars, and you remember all the special effects in that. But, see, I'm old school. So when I, when I think about things like that, I think of Sesame DeMille. And I think about the Ten Commandments and Charleston Heston and Yul Brenner. And I think about the special effects that was in that movie. Now, these young people over here are saying, what was that? But y'all saw it. Come on, you old folk. Come on, old folk. You saw it. You remember the special effects in that. But can I tell you something? If we read this word, if we look through this word, my goodness, at the special effects we're going to see all through here that are not just movie, that are not Hollywood, but that God did. Because why? Because God is faithful. Our lives and our ministries ought to be saturated with creativity. You say, why, why, why that, Pastor? Because you're from the Holy One. You're anointed. If you read 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, it talks about you being anointed. And God will anoint you with creativity. A few weeks ago in our Rangers, we were telling the story of David and Goliath, and I had called Brad Nestor, and I said, I want you to tell the story tonight. I didn't know he was going to dig out some things. But he, here's what he brought. He, he brought this little guy about this tall, big, muscular, and it was Hulk Hogan. Now, those boys had never heard of Hulk Hogan, but I had, and I knew that was an heirloom over 40-something years old, and I tried to keep it from him when he left. But he brought this thing, and I said, that thing's worth some money. He said, I know I've kept it all these years. And he said, I also said, he said, I've got a bunch of the Star Wars things also. So if I ever break in his house, that's what I'm going to steal. <laughs> but as he was sharing this story, he brought Hulk Hogan, and a bunch of little bitty characters from Star Wars, almost like little weebles, but, but he brought those, and he had them on the table. And all the boys got around the table, and I didn't have time from 3 o'clock this morning to get notes, so that's why you don't have any notes on here. But I'd have had to get Kelsey and them up, and they wouldn't have liked that. And, uh, and I, don't ha I didn't have time to put any pictures up here, but if I'd have had time, I'd have put a picture of Brad, Brad teaching these boys and using the creativity he was using because it was so amazing to me. So I took pictures and I got them on my phone of him teaching. And little Junior's eyes are like this. And he's watching him. And Mason's right down in the middle. And he's looking at him. And they're all looking at these little characters. And Hulk Hogan is, is Goliath if you've got that figured out yet. And so he's talking about little David down here with his sling. And he's using all this creativity. And, and finally he throws the sling to stone and he hits Goliath and he falls. And I was just thinking about the creativity that Brad used as he was telling that story. Folks, every one of you got that same creativity in you. And it's our responsibility as we are anointed by God, called by God, to use that creativity to reach others with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wish he'd have shown me Friday night how to reach a drunk with creativity. And it may have just been speaking the word of God over him. 
And I'm still speaking that word of God over him, just believing. And I couldn't even tell you what his name was. Couldn't tell you what his name was. When God says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that's what what he means in Philippians 4.13. God has a plan to reveal himself to the world, and that's an important reason, and that's why he's chosen you and I to be the temple of the Holy Spirit so we can reveal Christ to the world. (laughs) During this Christmas season, there's nothing greater that you and I can do than to reveal Christ to someone that doesn't know him. To reveal Christ to him. I love this. In Luke 2.52, the word says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. In other words, he continued to grow. As a little child, he continued to grow. He continued to spend time with the Father. He continued to pray. He continued to read. He continued to study. He continued to learn. In other words, he just continued to grow. Folk, if you and I don't continue to grow, then we'll just die. You and I will just die. If we don't pray, if we don't read our Bibles, if we don't spend time with God, then, then we're not growing anymore, then we just begin to die. Ezekiel 36, 23, God's using you and I to sanctify his great name in this world, to reveal that he is the true and the living God. God expresses himself through his creation. And my goodness, you are his creation. We are his creation. And he expresses himself through us like the Grinch was doing. You know. But he uses us. He uses us. Here's the deal. (laughs) Scripture says when he's hallowed in you before his eyes. When God is hallowed. See, that means to be made holy. It means to... To be greatly revered and honored. And when God is greatly revered and honored in your life, my goodness, God will anoint you and use you in an incredible way. Run into that car the other night. I had a guy step out of his Jeep, and I told you what he said to me. Folk, the last thing I was thinking about running into that car was a settlement Because I've already got the greatest settlement that could ever be. I don't need a settlement. I've got a settlement. It's settled. My name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when I breathe my last, whether that was Friday night at 7.15 or today at at 12.30, if I breathe my last, then my settlement is mine. I mean, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus yeah, there might be some, a few folks sad that, that I've already gone, but I won't be sad anymore. Come on, folks, let's look at, just take a journey with me for just a second. I promise I won't be long. But when you call on the backup of the backup, you just might as well be ready. Because he don't get his chances as often. <laughs> so he's going to give it everything. Josh, thank you for throwing up No. I'm just kidding, brother. I pray healing over you in Jesus' name. He's faithful with a flare. Think about it, folk, in the Garden of Eden. Think about Enoch. Think about Elijah. They were and they were no more. What about those special effects? Come on, think about those special effects. 
Think about Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, I bet you that was some special effects. Come on, think about 90 plus 100. Sarah and Abraham equals Isaac. Oh, there's some special effects. <laughs> Don't think he can't do it. <laughs> think about the burning bush on the backside of the desert. We saw that in the Ten Commandments. Think about Moses, educated at Pharaoh University. <laughs> think about the Red Sea. Can you imagine what that was really like? Think about bread falling from heaven. They didn't even know what it was. Manna from heaven. God feeding them. Tremendously. Come on, think about the Jericho when the walls fell straight down, the Bible says. Straight down. I don't know how that does that. but That's what the Bible says. They fell straight down. Think about the Ark of the Covenant. Think about that anointing. Think about how powerful that anointing is. When that anointing is in your life, when God's presence is in your life and He's there with you, think about the special effects that are going on in your life while that anointing is upon you and God gives you the words to say to a lost sinner and you go over and you say it and you wonder, how did I do that? Because I don't normally do that. God takes you out of the norm and He does a special effect in your life and does something nobody else can do. Come on, I'm excited about this. I can't help it. I preached this a long time ago, but this morning at 345, it come back up to me. I didn't preach it to Linda twice this morning. <laughs> think about Gideon and 300 men and what he did. Come on, think about that little teenager and that nine feet tall giant in a sling. Think about Mount Carmel and a fire from heaven. Think about the lion's den. Daniel said, I'm going in there anyway. Pulled his chair out. I got you. Calm down. <laughs> Think about the fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, we're not going to bow down to Baal. We're going to continue to bow to the God, the God of all gods. Think about John the Baptist. Think about a manger and a son. Come on. Think about a prophet, a healer, a cross. A borrowed tomb, an empty tomb, an upper room, an outpouring. Think about a rapture. Think about a new body. Think about a wedding supper. Can you imagine what the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to be like? Can you, I, I guarantee you there's never been a table set like the one that you're going to sit down there, Lee. The first time I ate at Linda's mama's house was on a Sunday afternoon, and Linda's nephews were there pastor was coming she had to find China out the first thing out of Austin's mouth her nephew was Mimi how come all the fine China when we always eat on paper plates man I felt good <laughs> maybe I ought to marry this woman <laughs> I felt good I like her mama <laughs> Can you imagine what that'll be like? The marriage supper of the Lamb. A white horse, folks. Jesus ain't coming back like he did the first time. Jesus is coming back on a white horse. There's going to be a bunch of white horses. Come on, read your word. A sword from his mouth. Can you imagine the special effects of that? A thousand years. Can you imagine a throne? Can you imagine a book? Can you imagine all the books that are going to be open? Can you imagine the second resurrection? Can you imagine a furnace? Can you imagine a new heaven and a new earth? The new Jerusalem. Eternity. And can you imagine the hallelujah that we're going to hear when we get there?
Come on, folk. Pastor's starting to clap. Clap with him. Can you imagine the hallelujah when we get there? You may not like my preaching, but you'll like my excitement. You'll be a children's pastor and you go in there and try to teach kids without being excited. Find out what happens. Come on, you know, you have them at home. We had the triplets yesterday. I love Riley. We're out in the middle of the Tallahassee Museum. They got this big pavilion right there and a platform. And we had just finished eating. And the girls got up on the platform and they started preaching. They started singing, Jesus loves me. And they were going around in circles and they were dancing and Jesus loves me. And this I know. And Ellie was leading. She was leading the course. I mean, she was leading it, had it going, and she didn't care who heard her. She was singing it loud. She was getting the words out. And this granddaddy's head was getting bigger and bigger, and I was getting excited watching them. And these kids were having a birthday party over here, but they wasn't having as much fun at that birthday party as these three little Holy Ghost-filled, anointed little girls were having on this platform over here. So here they came, and it was little boys about this tall, and they started running over, and they started to come up on the stage. Riley went to the side and said, No! <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. That's just the way she did it. She said, No, it's ours, or mine, she said. And I said, Riley, Riley, whoa, whoa, girl. It's okay if they come up here. So she backed up a little bit. Let the little boys come on up. She scared them boys. (laughs) So I can see Megan when she looks at Bo and says, no. I guarantee you. (laughs) But they come on up on the stage, and those little boys joined in. And, I mean, they had it going. I mean, it was a, a Jericho march as Ellie was leading. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And they had more fun up there than they did over at their own birthday party. That's because Jesus was over here. <laughs> I got excited about that. God's faithful, folk. Tell me not, God's not a God of flair. God's fun to hang out with. God's fun to hang out with. I don't know what time it is, Pastor. You may have to help me. Oh, we're good. We're real good. God's faithful. He's anything but boring. So why I want to transition to a part right here, and we worked on this, didn't we? At 5.30 this morning, we was working on this. A transition part, because I want to share four things with you in just a moment that we can deposit in every bank account. It's four reasons that our river gets dammed up. But the Word of God in Revelation chapter 22 says, That he showed me a river, a pure river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Folk, there's a river flowing from the throne of God. There's a river flowing. Sometimes you just got to step in the river. Come on. Sometimes you just got to step into the water and wade out a little bit deeper. That's a song if you've ever heard it. Come join angels singing praises to the Lamb of God. Those kids in that birthday party just decided, look, there's a river over yonder. Let's go get in it. They came and got in it. Riley wasn't done yet. All them girls was backing up a little bit from them boys, but Riley went over to Kinsley, put her little hand on her back, and 
escorted her right to the little boys. Like, here, you go over and meet them. <laughs> and, I, and I'll keep an eye on you. <laughs> it was kind of fun to watch. Our kids learn early. Oh, they learn early. God's given us the creativity to teach them. God's given Bo and Megan and those workers over there the creativity to teach them. But God's also given it to you. You can teach them at home. Write them on your doorposts. Write them on the walls in your house over and over and over and over again. Linda was in the back seat yesterday with them while I was driving, and I heard the story of Noah told like I've never heard it before. And I could hear Ellie saying, Noah, and I could hear him saying, 40 days and 40 nights, and I could hear him telling the story. And then they all wanted to hold her hand, but well, she's only got two hands. So, folk, I look back, and one's got this hand, one's got this hand, and the one in the front seat's got the foot. And they were holding Linda's foot. And they were satisfied with that. Sometimes we just got to hang on, don't we? Just got to hang on. Wow. And most of us from time to time, that river gets dammed up. Come on. Come on, stay with me. That river gets dammed up. And I want to share four things with you that cause that river to get dammed up. And I'm going to share them real quickly because I'm going to ask the group to come back in just a moment. The first thing is the current of this world. The current of this world. See, pastors preach this during the pandemic because we have a tendency to want to drift. And if a boat's not tied to a dock, if it comes untied from a dock, what is that boat going to do? It's going to drift. It's going to begin to drift. It's going to begin to go with whatever current that water has. And can I tell you something? The current of this world is going downhill. The current of the world is going downhill. We got to continue to go to the dock of prayer. We got to go to the dock of worship. We got to stay tied to the dock of fellowship. If we stop fellowshipping with one another, folk, fellowship is so much a part of the kingdom. We need each other and we don't really know it, but we do. We do. Y'all mighty quiet this morning. Sometimes we look up and we say, Where'd you go, God? Can I tell you something? God ain't went anywhere. God has been right there. Maybe that was a wake-up call for me Friday night. I don't know. We live in a world where the current goes south. We got to swim upstream. <laughs> we got to swim upstream. You say, how can we do that? My son, my youngest son and I used to get in these debates over how to say, I'm from the South. So I said, we're going to have salmon tonight. Salmon. And I put the L in there, salmon, the way it's spelled. And my son would say, Dad, it's not salmon, it's salmon. I said, how do you get salmon out of S-A-L-M-O-N? It's salmon, and I, I wish he was listening this morning because most of you are from the south, and you'd probably say salmon. Now, some of you in here probably say salmon, but it doesn't matter if you say salmon or you say salmon. They both swim upstream. <laughs> Is that not true? You say, why do they swim upstream? 
They're going back to their birthplace. And they do this annually on a, on a yearly basis. They go back to where they were spawned at from the very beginning. And they have to swim upstream to get there. Can I tell you something? When you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you really begin to live. And sometimes you've got to swim upstream to get back to where you started from. Because if you don't swim upstream, you're going to be going with the current of the world and you're going to be going south and south and south. That was better than it sounded. <laughs> Number two, the competition for our time. Pardon me for being a broken record, but we're the busiest of all God's creation. We're so busy. That's why there's so much traffic. That's why there's people going and going and going and doing and going and doing. It's because we're so busy, Mr. Marvin. We're just busy people. We're busy. We're the busiest of all God's creation. Pastor Keith and I used to run. In the mornings, we'd run about right before daybreak, and we'd run three miles every morning. Pastor Keith had this old basset hound. Her name was Ginger. And, and we'd come out the door after we'd worked out, and we'd be fixing to run our three miles, and Ginger would be standing there at the top of the driveway, and Pastor Keith would say, Come on, Ginger, let's go. And Ginger would get those big old long floppy ears going, and she'd run all the way to the end of the driveway, which was about maybe 60 feet, and then she would stop. Pastor Keith and I would run. We would come back, Ginger would be still sitting there. She'd be happy to see us, but, but she's thinking the whole time, these, what are these guys doing this for? You know, why are they doing this? <laughs> Competition for our time. We can get so busy, we can lose God's shadow by chasing our own. By chasing our own, we're to abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We get that Martha spirit sometimes, don't we? We do. But we need to get Mary's spirit back sometimes and just sit down at the feet of God. Sit down and worship Him. Sit down and drink from His cup. Just sit down in the river. You ever got in a stream and just sat down? Come on. You ever got in a creek and just sit down? Oh, I, I can remember hiking the Penhody Trail and, and be done hiked 20-something miles that day and, and be hot and sweaty and, and you know, and stopping and, and just getting, getting half naked, not completely naked, but, and then just getting in a creek and just laying down in that creek and just enjoying how soothing that is. And sometimes we just need to get back in the stream. We need to get back in the stream that God has for us and allow God to refresh us and renew us and give us strength so we can get back in the game we're supposed to be in. Here's the third thing. The constitution of our creation. In other words, we're uniquely made. Come on, you can read in, in your word. Jeremiah, he spoke to Jeremiah and he told him how uniquely formed he was. He formed him in his mother's womb. He knew him before he was yet formed in his mother's womb. He knew you before you were yet formed in your mother's womb. 
We're born again humans. We're made in the image of God. We got to live in two realms at the same time, and that's not easy. We got to live in the flesh, but we also got to live in the what? Come on, we got to live in the flesh, but we got to live in the spirit. And that's why I say this, and I said it for four and a half years in you follow. You got to keep your spirit sweet. Come on, how many of you would be honest this morning and say, sometimes my spirit just ain't sweet? There's three of you out of all this. There'll be an altar call in a minute. <laughs> sometimes you just got to keep your spirit sweet. Keep it sweet. Your truck's tore up. Keep your spirit sweet. I know what my flesh was saying. But I also know what my spirit was saying. Keep your spirit sweet. And that's not easy. If we aren't disciplined, the flesh will take priority over the spirit. Come on, how many know that? The flesh will take over. Anybody ever tried to make a phone call hoping to talk to somebody in person? It doesn't take long. Your flesh takes over, doesn't it? And then your flesh is coming out and you're saying things to somebody that ain't even a somebody. You know what I'm talking about? You realize you're not even talking to a real person. But man, you're giving that machine up and down. And it makes you feel better. But it happens. We make that choice every day. I'm going to ask our team if they'll come. Our worship team. And I'm going to close. Here's number four. The spirit of complacency. <laughs> we can and we often sometimes become so happy with the good that we miss the great things God has. We're happy with the good, but we're missing the great. Come on, can I tell you this morning that God has great things in store for you? Come on, look at that person on your left and right and say, God has great things in store for you. Come on, Becky, tell him loud. And I'm not talking about what she's cooked for tonight. God has great things in store for you. <laughs> Come on, I know I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Todd, we heard y'all's testimony last week. My goodness. There's an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has great things. Why settle for complacency when God has greater things? Sometimes you just got to step out in the water. You got to wade a little bit deeper. deeper. Why settle for the, the, the small things when God has big things for you? Larger things in store. And I'm not talking about materialistic things. I told you, when, when Linda and I got married, we both, y'all know our story. We both had lost our spouses to cancer. We both had, lived, had, had tremendous good lives with our spouses. Hers, 25 years or so. Or mine, 40 years with Jan. And, and then we met. Why well, set up a complacency when God's got better things for you? 
talked to Pastor Brian before we got married. And I asked him, will you marry us? And he did, right here, right here, right here. And it gets sweeter, sweeter, sweeter. Come on, I'm building brownie points now. It's getting close to Christmas. You hear me? It gets sweeter. I'll keep texting you and saying I'm on Thomasville Road. Sometimes I may have to say, hey, I got a little delay here right above Walmart, but, but I'll be there in a minute till we make it home because God's got bigger things for us. Come on, I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Here's what Moses said in Exodus 33, verse 18. He said, Father, please show me your glory. Father, please show me your glory. Please show me your glory. Can I tell you something? He did. At that instant, his life changed. He had to put a veil over his head. So people could even look at him because of God's glory. Can you imagine what it would be like to walk in Walmart and people can't even look at you because of God's glory all over you? Because of God's glory all over you. I had a close pastor friend the years I was in Ashland, his name was Vaughn Clark. Modern day prophet, really. Could read your mail. Sometimes God would just give him things and he'd walk to people and say things to them. Incredible. You think, how does he do that? Just a gift God had given him. During this pandemic, COVID took him home to be with Jesus. But I can still see Vaughn going to the back of a thrift store we were about to leave and he said nope there's a lady in the back I've got something for her and he goes back and he begins to talk to a lady he didn't even know she begins to break down and begin to cry and he begins to minister to her because of God's anointing on his life anointed him that very moment gave him the words to say change that lady's life show me your glory here's the deal I don't know about you but I want more I want more I want to see more I want to do more I want to have more come on I want to have more I want to be more for God's glory I want to be more. (laughs) Got to fight off that spirit of complacency. Got to fight that flesh every day, Mr. Grinch. Sorry I revealed it. I won't tell the girls because they love you, Uncle Brent. They love Mega until he's up close to them. got to fight off the flesh 
I must not drift and stay tied to the dock. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Pastor Josh, I love you. I speak healing over your body right now in the name of Jesus. Your word says you draw over Rafa. Pastor Brian, I speak healing over your body in the name of Jesus. I speak to these kidney stones. I can't stand up here and say I know what you're feeling or, or how it feels, but some of you do. But I can speak the word of God and say he is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And by his stripes we're healed. So I speak to the stones. I speak to the, the stomach virus or to the food poisoning or whatever's going on in Pastor Josh's life. And others that are here today that need a healing or a touch. I speak to your bodies today and speak healing in Jesus' name. The strong Son of God. One else can do. Father, I thank you for that healing. I go ahead right now and I give you praise and thank you for deliverance to set them free today so that you receive the glory. The glory. You created mankind for your glory. So God, give us the anointing. Give us the abilities to speak your word. May you increase in our lives and we decrease so that you're glorified. So you're glorified, Jesus. Let us all be like Moses and say, Please, God, show me your glory. My marriage is falling apart, but show me your glory. My life is, is in the ditch, but show me your glory. Loved ones in my family are lost, but show me your glory. Show me there's nothing impossible with you. God, I glorify you. I worship you. There may be somebody here today that you say, well, I don't know Jesus. And I tell you, He's here. You can know Him. All you got to do is open your heart and say, Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner. Forgive me, save me. Come into my heart and, and be the Lord of my life that I can serve you the rest of my life. All you got to do is pray that simple prayer. Can we just worship Him for just a moment?